it's John here for FCC Talk. Thanks so much for joining in with us today. I have my guest CJ Mustin, the student minister here at First Christian Church with me today. How you doing, CJ? I'm doing good. I'm doing doing great. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Hey, CJ and I are, are recording early this morning. We've got our coffee and yes. we're ready to go. Um, I always say that I put half and half in mine, CJ. Half creamer, half coffee. So. Ooh. <laughs> I used to be like that. I am uh I am all black at this point. Wow. Yeah, Just you're more straight of a, from the pot. Yeah, you're more of a man than me, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll get there some way someday. But <laughs> but yeah, hey, if you're watching on YouTube, please uh like and subscribe. Uh subscribe to the channel, like this video, it helps other people see it more. Um, and then if you're watching us on like Apple, Spotify, I know some of you, this might be your first time watching because we had a plug about it on Sunday, um, but there is like a star that you can go to. If you go to that and give us five stars, it helps other people to see the podcast more, uh, to see the sermon, to see the Truth Tuesdays, all those different things um, more than you know they might see before. Uh, so you don't even have to go out and share the link. All we ask is just click the star, click the five stars, and we would really, really appreciate it. CJ, I think we got some fun stuff to get into today. We're going to talk Absolutely. about um, Gen Z preaching the Bible on TikTok, yes. but it's not the Bible that you read, but it's also still the Bible. So that's interesting. We'll get into that. Uh, we're going to be talking about spiritual hunger. I actually preached a message to the kids about this um, in uh, Cornerstone Chapel just yesterday. And so I thought it was fun to talk about um, the church service is the main meal, they say. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And then does the Old Testament still matter for Christians? Should Christians read? Should Christians study? Should Christians preach from the Old Testament? All of that and more. We'll get into some of the what you're eating, what you're watching, what you what you uh, reading, and then we'll also get into a little bit of a verse that CJ has been marinating on this week um, and do that. So CJ, ready to get into it? I'm ready. All right. So our first story is the Gen Z Bible on TikTok. Now, if you are on TikTok, you may have seen this popped up uh, about a couple weeks ago. If you're not, I think about a month ago, actually. If you're not on TikTok, you might not have seen this, but there is a new TikTok account that is telling Bible stories by using Gen Z slang. So, you know, every kind of group has their own slang. CJ and I, were both millennials, right, CJ? You're millennial? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I am, like, on the very spectrum of it. I am, like you know, millennial, millennial, Gen Z type of thing. So, um, you know, I guess I'm I on know. the opposite spectrum. I'm, there you go. I'm right between <laughs> there you go. millennial and Gen X. So we are just both barely millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so we can find some commonality there, but, um, right. you know, every generation kind of has their own slang and stuff like that. You know, people used to say bad when it actually meant good and people will say, you know, dude or bro or whatever. Well, Gen Z definitely has their own slang to it. And I've, definitely. I've heard some of it, but you know, just watching a few of these videos, I was like, wow, new things I did not even know. So instead of explaining this to you, I'm just going to go ahead and play you one of their videos. This is the video where he is telling the story of Jesus giving the Beatitudes. So let's watch. After Jesus started live streaming and the chat filled up, he began to go off saying, W to those who aren't thirsty for this midlife, for they will have eternal life. 
W to those who take L's from this life, for they will receive an everlasting W. W to those who don't throw hands, for they will secure the eternal bag. W to those who want help passing God's vibe check, for he will say bet. W to those who don't cancel others, for they will not be canceled by the top G. W to those whose spiritual fit is immaculate, for their hearts will be cuffed by God. W to those who turn ops into bros, for they will be called CEOs of peace. W to those who catch hands for being valid, for they will not be left unread by God. W to you when the ops be capping hard and do you so very dirty because you're my fan. Trust, you have crushed it and have the eternal W, for so they did the true bros before you. So, yeah, if uh, you didn't understand a word that was going on there, um, <laughs> you're not alone. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this uh, this account has garnered, like, millions of views. This video in particular, I have it pulled up here on my other screen, has almost 3 million views by itself. I mean, imagine if we had that on a live stream, CJ. Um, crazy. That would be crazy. Um but yeah, I mean, it's 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 wild how much this is blowing up, and people have kind of been reacting a little bit to it. Um, CJ, what was kind of your reaction when you first saw maybe not just this video, but the videos in general that this uh, creator is making? So uh, the first I became aware of it was when you sent me the article about it. So I read an article and then uh, watched some of the videos, and <clears throat> from the article. I wasn't really sure how I would feel about it. Uh, but after watching the the videos, I feel like it's really well done, actually. Um, I I personally really enjoy it. And um, the and I'll, you'll hear me come back to this time and time again. Um, people connect to God in different ways. And uh, if this is a way that we can get uh, Gen Z to connect with God, then, man, I, and, and I, I think it's, it's done in such a way that, uh, it doesn't seem flippant to me. Um, it's, it's just talking in a language that, uh, Gen Z and a younger generation will understand. And if that helps them reach Christ, then I think it's incredible. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, people might believe it or not, but I'm a bit of a traditionalist at heart. Um, I definitely think that it's important to move forward and to pro progress in certain ways, especially when you find out something isn't working well. And so my first reaction to stuff like this is always kind of like, you know, oh, what are they doing this for? Is it just for attention or whatever? And maybe that's the pessimist in me. I don't, I don't like to admit <laughs> that that can be my first thought at times, but you know, Hey, it's FCC talk. We're being real. We're being honest. Um, and so I kind of reserved, I like you, I read the article, but I kind of reserved my thoughts for like, well, let me see this first. Let me kind of hear what's going on. Um, and I was a little bit indifferent on it. I saw the good things, but then again, I also saw maybe some of the disrespect and maybe some of the, uh, flippant nature of the Bible that, you know, I don't care for as much. However, I was swayed when I started reading the comments. Now, normally this doesn't happen. Normally you don't go to something big and read the comments and be encouraged by it. <laughs> I don't If anybody's been <laughs> on Facebook for a while, you know, that's a, or, or any social media, really Twitter, Instagram, all of them. But 
uh, I just want to read you guys some of the comments here that that I'm seeing. So this one person um, trying to find the comment. Um, Mamma Gumble Plum. So I have no idea if she's actually a mamma or not, but she said, I'm actually getting a lot of insight from this, to which I thought, wow, that's interesting, but okay. Then I went down a little bit further and somebody said, where is this at in the Bible? I want to read this story. And then other people were commenting about, you know, what the Beatitudes are, you know, some of the, some of the lines in here, you know, you know, W to those who take L's. If you don't know what that means, that's like, you know, those who, who are persecuted, you know, blessings to those who are persecuted. Um, and people are like, you know, why would, why would Jesus give W's to L's? You know, (laughs) this is all stuff that people actually listening to Jesus would have asked. You know, hey, why are you giving blessings to those who are persecuted? You know, why are you coming to the marginalized? Why are you coming to the hurt? Um, And I just think it's beautiful that there are people asking legitimate spiritual questions. And this creator, they don't. They don't just post the video and go hide. You know, some people kind of get those criticisms that, you know, oh, I posted this video, but then I'm not going to respond to anybody. Um, actually, got a bit of a tear in my eye with it. But, um, but I just think it's beautiful that he's starting a conversation. And really in the church, that's what we try to do time and time again. You know, we're going to be having um, like a picnic here soon. What is the goal of that picnic? Yes, the goal of that picnic is to create community in the church, but it's also to possibly get a few new people in the door so that way we can preach the gospel to them, so that way they can encounter a life with Jesus Christ. And even though I think, you know, TikTok isn't the best place to have long-term, you know, spiritual conversations, I do think it's an important place to start, and it's, it's just... It's very, very interesting to me. Um, what do you What do you think, CJ? Does that sway you at all anymore, or anything? Kind of those comments well, and stuff. I mean, <clears throat> I I really liked it from the start. Um, it just strengthens the fact that, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think, and and this is true of any organization that you are involved in, uh, when you are in it you like it the way it has always been. And what that often does is it keeps the people that are in the organization happy, but the people outside of the organization uh, have no inroads. And so, um, so oftentimes I think we kind of scoff at uh, people stepping out and creating those inroads for people that may not be a part of Christianity and, uh, and I think God uses those um, and, and uses those gifts for people that are fluent in Gen Z. Uh, God can use those gifts and, uh, and bring people to him. So I think it's a, a great thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, you talking about that reminded me of the, I think it's Craig Rochelle, and you might know it, CJ, quote, um, we will do anything short of sin to uh, bring people to God. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's like, that's kind of that that that's kind of what they're doing here is they're, they're doing anything they can to just start that conversation you know maybe somebody goes and dusts off their bible and reads the story for the first time and maybe they're hooked and they mm-hmm. say and, and really that's the stories of Jesus is what our sh- tradition should be that we hold fast mm-hmm. to and hold tight to you know 
that we would be there for the marginalized, the persecuted, the poor, that we would be there for those, not, you know, oh, we pass communion trays or, oh, we sing right. these certain songs. Now, those things are great and they hold a special place in our heart, um, but those aren't necessarily the traditions that, and I don't even know if traditions are the right word, but those aren't necessarily the teachings that need to hold fast and hold true in everything that we do. So, all right. Well, thanks, CJ. That was a very interesting conversation there about that. Um, and I hope I hope those listening enjoyed it. Our next article that we're going to talk about is called Spiritually Hungry? Question mark. The church service is your main meal. And this comes from crossway.org. And it's, um, her name is Kristen Weatherall. Uh, I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly. I will link all of these articles in the description so you can go read them for yourselves if you'd like. But um, she basically is just talking about spiritual hunger, which we all know is a, is a real thing. And if you've, if you've read the scriptures long enough, you, you understand kind of what that is. If you don't, it's just kind of like the yearning for, for God we have in our lives. You know, uh, scripture tells us that we do yearn for internal life. We yearn for the eternal things, the spiritual things. Um, and if we don't go to God for those things, we essentially will continue to be hungry and have to find fulfillment someplace else. Um, and this author tells us that, in her opinion, the church service, the main church service on Sunday mornings or whenever a church might have their main church service, is kind of the main dish, the main meal to, uh, to help, help with spiritual hunger. CJ, what, what's kind of your response to the main service, uh, the main worship service on Sunday morning being the main way to feed our spiritual hunger? Uh, I have a, a lot of thoughts on this. Um, they're kind of nuanced in, in my thinking. The article goes into a, a few different aspects of this. Um, it kind of compares the church service to a daily devotional time. And uh, the article says that the, the, if you look at historically throughout the church, and especially in the way the early church did things, they didn't have scriptures. He makes comments about growth and about putting God first and experiencing God in your life. And so the early church would gather together uh, and support one another and love one another and challenge one another to go out and live the way Christ encouraged them to live. And so I, I think that's where the spiritual hunger comes from uh, as far as um, having that with the people around you. Now, uh, church has changed a lot since the early church. Um, you know, we have giant buildings. Early church was small groups of people meeting in a house. It was very personal. Um, and there was a lot of accountability, a lot of uh, practicalness to what they talked about. And so uh, I don't remember where I read it, but I, I read somewhere that in the early church, a group of people would get together and they would ask one question every single week. And that question was this, how can I go out and live more like Jesus this week? And they would hold each other accountable to that. And I think that's, that's true for our spiritual hunger. And I think we have gotten really caught up in daily devotionals and checking those off of our list. 
that we have missed out on a lot of the accountability. And so I, I tend to agree with the article that, um, that the church is the main meal. Uh, and when I say church, um, hear me clearly. Bible reading is important. Going to church is important. Um, but when I, when I use the term church, uh, I use the term as a group of people getting together uh, to encourage one another and say, all right, this week, how am I going to live for Christ better? Um, and that's where I think the main main hunger comes from. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. that is your question. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I And I appreciate you going in depth into that. The next, the next thing I was going to ask was actually, cause it kind of goes into a little bit, the, you know, personal quiet time kind of versus corporate worship. Um, and not to say that one is better than the other or anything, but is there more importance, um, kind of in one of those two things. And, um, again, like you reading your Bible, personal time in the word is incredibly important. And that needs to be something that every Christian practices at least somewhat in their lives, just so that way you have your own personal time, um, reading the scriptures, praying to God. Um, but if you ask me, there is almost a larger sacrifice in going to corporate worship in the, in itself than, you know, maybe the personal quiet time. And that's almost where I value that corporate worship a little bit more, um, kind of as the main meal. The article talks about how um, we sing God's word, we pray God's word, we read God's word, we hear God's word. Um, but, you know, not only that, but it, on Sunday morning worship or during Sunday morning worship is also where we practice God's word in a lot of ways, because we're not just coming and sitting down and saying, you know, hey, I'm going to hear the word. I'm not, I'm going to sing the word. I'm going to pray the word today. But we're also putting that into practice by once or twice a month going and serving in different ministries and dedicating our time to be there as well as not just being there to go to church. Does that make sense, CJ? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and also too, I understand this more now after having a couple kids, um, but it going to church on Sunday mornings and dedicating that morning to I'm going to worship God this morning and I'm not going to, you know, do other things. I, I'm a big NFL fan. I would love to go to a Colts game sometime, but guess what? I don't, I don't have the time to because normally they play early in the day and that's my time when I go to church. And so I'm not disparaging anybody if they choose to go to a sports event or something like that. But I am saying, I think we should recognize the sacrifice it takes not only to attend church on Sunday mornings, uh, but to serve as well. What are your thoughts on some of that sacrifice, CJ? Um, well, I, <clears throat> I kind of go back to, again, um, what connects you best with God? Uh, kind of going back to the corporate worship versus um the the bible study um what i've seen a, a lot uh lately especially but over the years is uh we pile on a lot of guilt for not reading your bible and i think that that jesus said uh chase after me um and what does it look like to chase after jesus uh, for some people, yes, it's absolutely reading your Bible. Uh, for some people, it's loving your family well. 
Uh, for other people, it's <clears throat> going out and meeting with a group of people and and really saying, all right, here's where I'm struggling. I'm, I'm just going to be vulnerable and I need your help and I need need your accountability to to build me up and encourage me. And um, and, and so I, I think a lot of times we focus on read your Bible every day, read your Bible every day, read your Bible every day. And people feel guilty for not reading their Bible when I think Jesus would be saying, chase after me, chase after me. And that may be reading your Bible every day. I think we should be aware of <clears throat> what Jesus said, but I think he made it really, really simple as well. And he said, love people, love God, love people. Um, and I, I could honestly uh, meet with a group of people to hold me accountable in a corporate worship setting, in a small group, um, and, and meet with a group of people to hold me accountable to loving God and loving people well and never read the Bible again. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I will never read the Bible again or I should never read the Bible again. But I could work on that the rest of my life and chase after Jesus just fine. Um, I, I think Jesus made it really, really, really simple to follow him. Um, and so that that spiritual hunger, I think having people in your life um, that honestly hold you accountable. Now, here's where we get into trouble. We make it a checklist. I went to church Sunday morning. I read my Bible today. Uh, what I'm saying is from a corporate worship aspect, get rid of all your checklists and yes, do, continue to do those things. Those things are good. But if you really want to chase God, get rid of all the checklists, <clears throat> find a group of people that you can be with. Maybe that's on Sunday morning. That's one of my, that's my favorite part of Sunday morning. I think that was one of your questions you sent to me, John, was what's your, what, what do you get most out of Sunday morning? For me, it's the people I interact with. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so get rid of all your checklists. Find a group of people. Maybe that's Sunday morning. Maybe that's in a small group. And, and really dig into, all right, when I leave here this week, how am I going to follow Jesus better? What am I going to work on? Hold me accountable to that. Uh, and, and I think that's where true spiritual hunger and spiritual growth comes from. Uh, get rid of the guilt of the checklist. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just know, hey, I am chasing God today best by whatever it may be, by going into my corporate office and being ethical, by loving my family well, by being a fantastic parent, uh, by being a student that just does awesome with my peers and in, in my work in school uh, and and really chase Jesus in those things. And, and then the the things that we often shove as the checklist portion of things, I think will come along naturally in our conversations and in the, the people we interact with. Yeah, I did agree. I, did I answer that? Yeah, you did totally. I agree. I think, I think it can be a little striking for people when we say, you know, Hey, you can love people. You don't have to, you know, spend 10 minutes reading your Bible every single morning because that's what a lot of right. people have been taught. And that checklist kind of like, what you talked about um and like you i said, mean 90s church yeah. growing up in the 90s 90s church was you read your bible you go to church sunday morning you go to church wednesday night you go to church sunday night yeah. i mean and that's how and so i mean think how far we've come since then wednesday night church doesn't exist mm -hmm. uh sunday night church exists for students but not necessarily for adults anymore 
I mean, and and right. so, um, you know, those checklists change over the years. Chasing God doesn't change. Right, for sure. And that, and I think you made an excellent point there at the end, where if your heart is truly chasing God, then you will find yourself in the Word. You will find yourself praying, and it won't be a checklist item. You know, right. it will be for fulfillment. It will be for wisdom. Right. It will be for, you know, all of those things. Because I think that's where the Bible comes into play the most is how do we gather that wisdom so that we can love others? You know, I've always told people, don't read the Bible like a rule book. Don't read it like your moral law. It's not. Okay. It's right. Th that is not the way you read the Bible. Read the Bible to understand God's character and then implement that character in your own life. You know, when you read the Bible, and we'll get into this a little bit more with our Old Testament discussion, but when you read the Bible to discover who God is, then you will understand more about how you can interact with people, the, the character uh, of who he is, why he does what he does, those kind of things. And you won't answer every mystery in the world. You know, God told us there will be mysteries that, that we don't always know. Um, but I think, that's, I think that's a really good point, that if you are truly chasing God, with your heart, those things will come natural. So, all right. Thanks, CJ, for talking about that. A lot of great insight there. Moving on to our next topic. I lost topic. You, what you said. I lost what you said there at the very end. Okay. Um, but but I, I want to I say one other thing about okay. incorporating Bible. When, when we say the Bible will come naturally, a lot of times that happens uh, in, in the relationships that I've seen, and even in my own personal life, it happens – when uh, we have a conversation and somebody says, what does Jesus say about this? It's, it's oftentimes when I, now I, I personally, I read my Bible, but what I, when I get the most out of scripture is when I'm having a conversation and I'm like, all right, what, what, how does this apply? What does Jesus say? Uh, and it often comes from that and not so much from where well, I read my Bible for 15 minutes today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it that it's not just, you know, the quiet time will come naturally, but the discussion and the understanding of God will come naturally, uh, that kind of stuff. Yep. So thanks for making that distinction. All right. Our final topic of the episode, well, I guess not our final one, we have a couple other things just here and there to do, but um, it's an article by For the Church. This is ftc.co, C-O. Um, it is a blog post article um, called Introduction, 10 Reasons the Old Testament Matters for Christians. Now, this was posted a couple months ago. It wasn't exactly recent uh, by Jason De, De Rauchi, De Roshi. Um, again, I'm not very good with last names, apparently, so <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. But um, And he just goes into 10 reasons on why he feels that the Old Testament is still important for Christians today. Um, so I'll just read a, a couple of them. If you want to go and read them all, feel free to do so. And again, we're... When we give you these articles, we're not saying that everything in them is completely truthful. Uh, we just feel like they're thought-provoking. And I don't say that to say I disagree with anything in this article. I just don't want you to think that, you know, we're declaring, go read this article because it's absolute truth. Um, but the very first point he makes is that the Old Testament was Jesus' only Bible and compromises 75% of Christian scripture. Um 
CJ, that's a, that, that, that is a, a pretty interesting and pretty thought-provoking uh, piece there to, uh, to think about. So my question to you is, can Christians worship God without the Old Testament if the Old Testament was 75% of, what, uh, of the scripture we have, and it's what Jesus used back in the day? Uh, well, here's, here's my thoughts on, um, on that. I think the, the old Testament points to Jesus in the new Testament. Um, I think the old Testament does comprise of 75% of the scriptures that we have today. Um, and we have to also keep in mind that the old Testament was the, the Jewish scriptures. And so, uh, while he does make the statement, the Old Testament is 75% of the scriptures that we have today, um, I think there's a little bit of, um, yeah, I'm not sure bias is the right word, but it's uh, it's the entirety of the Jewish scriptures. And we know that we believe differently than the Jews. Um, and so can a Christian uh, follow God without the Old Testament? I simply come back to what I said earlier. Jesus made it really simple. You know, I, I personally have read through the Old Testament and I find myself reading words on a page. Um, and, and granted, those stories are incredible. And some stories I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Um, but uh, Jesus made it simple. Love God and love other people. Um, and so can a Christian follow Jesus and and without the old testament i think yeah they probably can um uh for for me personally i i focus on the new testament i i know that the old testament points toward jesus in the new testament some of those stories give more insights into what jesus uh did or why he did the things he did you know we understand the the cross better because of the old testament is it truly necessary have all of that knowledge in our heads at the end of the day uh for me personally it's it's important but it's knowledge and that knowledge uh does it does knowing the intricacies of uh the history of the old testament help me love other people better i don't know um, uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I think probably I could, uh, love people knowing that Jesus said, love other people. You know, my, my six-year-old daughter knows if I'm following Jesus, I'm loving God and I'm loving other people. Um, and she's, she is not fluent in the old Testament. Uh, is she a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I would say she probably is. Um, now, is it uh, if is it something that is uh, possibly beneficial? Yeah, I mean, if if you're someone that like that again, that is where you connect with Jesus by studying and knowing the intricacies. Like God created us all differently, so He put that there for uh, people that will be drawn to Him through that. Um, and so, uh, to answer your question, is the Old Testament important? Yes, absolutely. Does it give more insights into why Jesus did what he did? Absolutely. Can you follow Jesus without the Old Testament? 
yeah, I think Jesus made it really simple. Love God, love other people. Um, so I know I'm kind of walking in the middle there, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And I think it's a line you have to kind of walk the middle because I don't think that absolutes really work on either side. And really in life, most times absolutes don't work on really any side. Um, but yeah, I've I, really my whole thought process around reading the scriptures to understand God's character came when I started thinking more about the Old Testament and when I started realizing kind of the things you're, you're saying that like, do I have to have this? You know, would I be able to worship God uh, without the Old Testament? Um, and, and, and I agree with what you're saying is like, well, technically, no, you know, um, but is it important? Is it good for us? Is it something that, that you know, helps us? Yes, of course. Um, I'm study. I, I'm somebody, I have a Bible uh, degree, advanced biblical studies degree from KCU. And what I learned in that is that that knowledge is great and that knowledge is fantastic. And I think we do need people who have that knowledge to help us. Uh, but do I think that every single Christian has to have a Bible degree uh, with a focus on the Old Testament? No, not every single Christian needs that. Um, because like you said, we can still love by seeing the life of Jesus, by understanding the early church, you know, by knowing what is coming in the end times, those kind of things that are revealed to us in the New Testament and mentioned some in the Old Testament prophecy of those things, but primarily in the, um, in the New Testament. So that's where always where I've sat that the knowledge is great, and I am so thankful that I have the knowledge of the Old Testament. I'm so thankful to know um, how God created the earth. I'm so thankful to know uh, the stories of the prophets. Um, you know, I am somebody that I love the wisdom literature in there, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs. Um, if you really want to impact your life, go read a chapter of Proverbs once a day. <laughs> I mean, the wisdom that you get from that, uh, for, you know, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. You choose the right month. You can read one chapter a day for a month. Um, and, and it's, it's really, really eye opening, um, to do those kinds of things. Um, to, so again, I, I guess I'm kind of walking the middle line too, but that's my whole thought with it is that it's super important. It's great to have, and I'm so thankful, but you know, if God took it away tomorrow, would I no longer be able to worship him? No, I don't think so. I think I would still be able to worship him because I still have, you know, Jesus as my savior. I still have the stories of, of him and, and his example for our lives, all those kinds of things. So, um, CJ, what would you say to someone, you know, you're in a conversation and you were just talking about the importance of group and community and those kinds of things. Say you're having a conversation with someone who is really struggling with some of the stories in the old Testament, you know, because God does strike people down. You know, God is a little bit more, um, firm and, and I don't know if harsh is the right word, but people can see God to be a bit more harsh in the old Testament than maybe he is in the Old Testament. What would you say to someone who is struggling to read the Old Testament because of those things? Uh, first of all, I would say I struggle with a lot of the stories in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, I, I have had a lot of uh, thoughts and conversations with others about you know, God seems different in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament. Uh, and so... 
I think that is a very, very common thing. Um, and I think a lot of that, we we honestly won't know until we get to heaven. I don't think a lot of this stuff will be reconciled until we understand fully who God is. Um, I think it kind of goes back to old covenant versus new covenant. Uh, I was reading an article by Andy Stanley. Um, I know he has said some entrepreneurs controversial things about old covenant versus new covenant. Uh, uh, but I, but I really liked what he said. He said uh, in the old Testament, it was perfect for uh, the culture of Moses and the prophets time. Looking at it from American 21st century culture. Uh, it's really difficult to imagine what it would be like in first or pre-first century culture. And uh, and knowing that God had a design through all of that um, is, is really important. And at the, at the end of the day, and this is a question that I've asked about multiple topics, um, here's what I would, would come back to for, for having difficulty with some of those stories in the Old Testament. If God is not the God that I thought he was, If God is not the God that I thought he was, am I still willing to follow him? Hmm. Is he still my savior? Hmm. If, if God said the way I did things in the old Testament were right for that time period, you know, when I struck people down and, and my answer is that to that is always, man, he saved me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If, if I get to heaven and I find out, Whoa, I was so wrong about this. All right. I'm still following you, God, because, yeah. you know, you sent your son for me. Um, and so that's kind of the the thing that I fall back on when I don't understand the Old Testament. I, you know, I, I was reading, I don't remember, a couple months ago, and I just prayed, God, I don't get this. I, ah, that This makes no sense to me why mm -hmm. you would do things this way. Uh, but I still follow you. Um, and so I, I don't have it all figured out. Uh, and... And so I, I would say that's pretty common. Yeah. And, yeah. And you still follow Jesus. Yeah. I think it's important that we dictate that we have faith in God and that God does not meet what our faith is, you know, or our vision of who he is. Because at the end of the day, true, um, true worship and true sacrifice and true submission to uh, God is by saying, God, you are who you are and I will follow you because you saved me. It's not, mm -hmm. well, I'll follow you because you saved me. And I think you're this way, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's selfish. And that's looking at God and saying that you have to be this picture perfect model of what I think you should be. Um, you know, I, I've used this a few times with people and, and it seems to connect a little bit and only with people if they really understand this whole situation. But, uh, you see, Jay, you ever seen like, remember the Titans or like coach Carter or Hoosiers mm -hmm. or any of those movies? Uh, what, Absolutely. What does the coach do when he first gets in? Uh, he's tough on the kids. Tough, hard nose, you know, really establishes like, hey, I'm the one in charge. But by the end of the movie, you're seeing this coach that has a love for his players. Again, I'm going to get tear up again because, you know, and remember the Titans, uh, he was so hard. I forget the name of the linebacker, um, the 
the blonde haired guy, but I know uh, you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. But he, he has such a hard time with the coach at the beginning of that movie. Cause he's so hard on him and he's really establishing the culture of what this football team is going to be. But then by the end of it, the coach is next to his hospital bed and they have tears in their eyes together in the love that is, uh, that, that is displayed between the two of them. That's how I look at the old Testament, you know, is that God had to come in and establish this is who I am. If you're going to be my people, then you're going to follow me this way. Not because I'm domineering, not because I'm selfish, but because I know this is what's best for you. In the movies, the coach knew this is what's best for the team. The team can act however they want, but this is what is best for the team. And so th that is my job as the coach is to bring this team together. And I almost envision the Old Testament that way is that God was saying, this is what you all need to do because this is what's best for you. And it's going to be hard to get you there, but I am going to have to be harder on you. I am going to have to establish things. I think it was a uh, Sean McDowell that I heard that from, um, which if you don't know Sean McDowell, he's a, um, a YouTuber apologist, a Christian apologist. He, his father, Oh, I forget his father's name. Um, Another apologist, McDowell. I'm sure people out there know who I'm talking about, but um, but yeah, he kind of used that distinction as well, and it I, it's always stuck with me because it it just it makes so much sense to me. So, all right, CJ, any final thoughts on Old Testament matters for Christians or anything like that? I don't think so. All right, yeah, I think we covered that well. All right, so a little bit more of the lighter stuff uh, here, CJ. What you eating, what you watching, what you reading. You don't have to answer all of them if you just have an answer for one of them or something like that. And I, I don't, uh, you know, I think we just talked a couple weeks ago. So if there's nothing new, <laughs> that's fine. But is there anything, anything new that you got in your life that you want to tell the people about? Uh, we're eating lots of chicken. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think we talked about that last time. Um, and uh, so we're eating lots of chicken, but um uh, right now, Kirsten and I are on the final season of a show called Rizzoli and Isles. It's an older show, uh, kind of a drama detective show. Um, mm. a really good show. We're enjoying it. Um, I think you said you were watching Sherlock last week, so you kind of yes. like those uh, detective shows, I, don't we you? We do. We kind of go back and forth between um, those type of shows, Rizzoli and Isles, Sherlock, and then, um, and then right now... Uh, we're watching the Big Bang Theory. Office is a staple at our house. Mm -hmm. uh, Parks and Rec, huge fans of those TV shows. So we kind of go back and forth. Like we'll watch comedy uh, for a long time, and then we'll go to a drama show. Uh, but we always come back to the Office, Parks and Rec. This is our first time through Big Bang Theory. We're absolutely loving it. So yeah. Shelby. So if you've had too much drama with the uh, drama shows, you just go and give yourself some lighthearted humor with uh, Michael Scott in the office, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, right now I'm reading uh, a, a autobiography by A.A. A. Milne, which has been really, really interesting. Uh, he's the author of Winnie the Pooh. And so kind of going through his entire life. Um, but that's been that's been really interesting to see. He was in world war one he was a really famous playwright and then ended up writing winnie the pooh and i'm just to the point in his life where he's about to write winnie the pooh so i'm excited to see how that kind of changed the trajectory of his life i know it had a huge impact on him um i read his son's 
Uh, his son wrote a few books, kind of autobiographical about his life. I read a couple of those a year or two ago. And so, um, yeah, I'm a big Winnie the Pooh fan. So, uh, awesome. it, I, and I really like autobiographies and reading about yeah. people's real lives. So, uh, that's kind of what I'm, where I'm at right now. Awesome. Yeah. That's what we're going to theme, uh, Jack's room when he starts getting to his own room is uh, a Winnie the Pooh. Uh, themed room so uh, we like nice. we like Winnie the Pooh over at our house too so yes um yes yeah for me it's kind of the same old same old uh football watching football uh Clemson nice. got beat of course I'm an Ohio State fan so I like seeing Clemson get beat um but my Buckeyes didn't play very well so you know I'm part of the the crazy fan base that overreacts when the quarterback doesn't throw five touchdowns so <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that and uh just just kind of doing my daily bible readings right now i found a good book um but just trying to stay in the word do that stuff and um yeah not really eating anything new so no not a whole lot new for me i'm a i am a person of of organization not organization but uh schedule i like my schedule so oftentimes we eat the same meals every day <laughs> It kind of sounds boring for other people, but we like the schedule. We like the consistency. So, all right. Our last thing we're going to do before we get out of here, um, and if you don't know, um, this last Tuesday, uh, we posted a Truth Tuesday, and I put a note in there about how Truth Tuesday might be going away for a little bit. What we're going to start trying to do, because it is a lot to do this podcast and then to also do Truth Tuesdays, but we know a lot of you do appreciate the Truth Tuesdays and like them. So what we're going to start doing is we're going to start having a Truth Tuesday segment in these videos to where CJ and I, or me and Dan, or me and Chris, or if I have another guest on, we'll just talk through a Bible verse that has been kind of like we were doing before. We'll talk through a Bible verse that has uh, been impactful in our guest lives recently. Um, I might have a few comments in return, and we'll just kind of talk about it for five or 10 minutes, and then that's going to be what Truth Tuesday is that you see on Tuesday morning. So if you hear it on the podcast, you might not need to listen to it, but, uh, but if you miss the podcast, but you still want the Truth Tuesday, you can listen to it there. So CJ, what is a Bible verse that has been on your heart lately? Uh, so it kind of goes back to what we've been <clears throat> talking about here in the podcast, John 10, 10. Uh, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And it's, it's just this idea that, man, Jesus offers the best life that we could possibly have. Um, you know, there, we try to fill our lives with all kinds of other things, but at the end of the day, Jesus offers us the best life that we could possibly have. And he made it really, really simple. Love God, love other people. Um, and, and if we can spend the rest of our lives striving for that, then I think that we will find a life that is more fulfilled and um, more of what we actually long for in the deepness of our souls. And so um, so just an encouragement that, um, man, chase Jesus, chase Jesus, chase Jesus, chase Jesus. Um, he offers us life. For sure, yeah. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill. I came so they may have life and have it abundantly. Of course, that's the NASB version. That's just what I had pulled up over here. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. What, what translation do you normally like for for uh, that you normally read from, CJ? Uh, I go back and forth. Um, I really like the NIV. Um, uh, 
NIV or uh, the New Living Translation. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, the church uh, years ago said that our standard translation was going to be the English Standard Version. So I picked up a copy of that and I've, um, I've been reading through that just to uh, make sure I'm I'm in line with you know what the church says our standard is, but uh, but I really like the NIV and the NLT. Yeah, those are kind of the four that I go to: is the NASB, uh, the NLT, NIV, and the ESV as well. I think they're all all pretty good translations um, for the most part, and I, I think they all have a place. the uh, The NIV of John ten ten says, "The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it." To the full. Um, and I think that that is important to understand what Jesus means when he says, have it to the full, you know, um, for us to understand what Jesus' definition is of that and not just what our definition is of that. Because if you ask somebody who, who has no care for God in the world, they might say, well, living life to the full is, you know, going out every weekend and, and having as much fun as possible and doing this, doing that. But I don't, you know, obviously I don't think that's what Jesus means here. I think he means fully living our lives in the freedom that Christ brings us, the hope, the peace, the joy. I tell that to the kids in chapel all the time is that you might not realize it, but Jesus gives you hope, peace, joy, faith, you know, um, for lack of better words, positivity in your life that you're just not going to find from any place else or from anybody else. And so that is really the fullness of life that we can really expect to have when we follow Jesus. CJ, have you noticed kind of that fullness in your life? You kind of broke up on me there again. You froze up. Oh. Say that again. I, I was just talking about the hope and the peace and the joy and, and uh, how you have noticed that to be evident in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, the, um, it, when you were talking about, um, finding fulfillment elsewhere, going out or finding fulfillment in money or relationships or whatever it may be at the end of the day, I think the, the people that get that stuff find there, there's something lacking. Um, and I have found that in the midst of the times where, uh, life should be the most difficult, uh, where life should be falling apart. Um, God has given me just this overwhelming, incredible, um, peace. Now my life has had some very, very difficult times. Um, and, uh, God has brought me through those. Um, and, and that's a, topic for a whole nother podcast at some point. Um, but, but God does offer the, the peace and the encouragement to, uh, to continue, um, and, and to know that he is there in the good times and in the bad times. And when you're on the top of the world and when your world is falling apart, um, there there's life there that is unlike any other life that, that this world can offer. For sure. Well said, CJ. Hey, uh, thanks for talking about that and uh, giving that verse. If anybody uh, wants to look that up for any other translations, feel free to do so. But that is definitely an awesome verse that we can go back and reference for so many different ways in our lives. All right, CJ, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you. You have any final thoughts before Thank we get you. out of here? 
Uh, just keep chasing Jesus. Keep chasing so, Jesus. Kind of the theme for the whole podcast. There we go. I love it. I love it. So next week we will have Dan on, provided he does not have an emergency doctor's appointment or anything, and there's nothing bad going on with him today. I think he, I honestly think he just forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we will get Dan on next week for uh, FCC talk. Um, oh, CJ, I meant to, I meant to ask this last time, but I forgot. You want to tell anybody anything about your ministry or any ways they can help out or anything um, during the school year or anything? Uh, yeah, Sunday nights we have open gym and worship uncoiled. If uh, if you are a student, grade six through twelve, we would love to have you join us. Open gym starts at five in our gymnasium. Worship uncoiled starts at six in our foyer and worship center. Uh, it's an awesome time. If you're an adult, there are a couple ways you can help us. Uh, if you're interested in being a leader that just comes and spends time with students. Uh, we would love to have you uh, work through our process. We have a process that all of our leaders go through to make sure our students are safe. Uh, I'd love to talk to you more about what it looks like to be a leader in our ministry. Um, we have an incredible team. Uh, I am a firm believer that I have the best student ministry leaders in the world right here in Brazil, Indiana. Uh, and I would take that to the bank and go up against any other student minister. Uh, I have the best and we would love for you to join our team. Uh, and so if you're interested, talk to me. Uh, we provide a meal every Sunday night. And so that's another way you can help. If you're interested in helping provide those meals, uh, we have uh, an awesome volunteer that takes care of those. I can put you in touch with her if you're interested in helping out with that. But um, man, we have so much fun on Sunday nights as students and as leaders. And so if you want to be a part of it, We'd love to have you. Yeah, I, uh, I am here for the Student Ministry Leaders Olympics. If we can get a whole bunch of student ministry leaders around and, uh, you know, hey, ha have this small group or, you know, hey, have open gym. I don't know. I, I'm trying to imagine what the Olympics would be. But all right. Well, hey, we've went a little long today. CJ, thanks for your time. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks all who listen to this long podcast. That wasn't supposed to go this long, but it ended up being this long. So <laughs> have a great week, everybody. See you next time on FCC Talk.